You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jones Bowden He's got it England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four and England have won the match Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. This podcast is in association with IG Trading and Investments. Simon Hughes and Simon Mann with you here. And this podcast is a preview to the 2023 Cricket World Cup because we're only three days away from the start. And the starting match, the first match, is a reprise of the final of 2019. England against New Zealand, this time in Ahmedabad. Both of us, Simons, are going out to the World Cup. We're both travelling in the next couple of days. Although it, it sounds like, Simon, although we're out there for four or five weeks together, we actually won't see each other very much. Sounds like it. Calcutta looks like the first time we'll we'll meet up. Modern technology can bring us together. We'll bring you regular podcasts throughout the World Cup, looking back on England games and also the other big matches that are going to be played in the World Cup. And actually, the, with the nature of the tournament, you know, it's it's one of those so every match matters, isn't it? I mean, some World Cups and we, we see it a little bit perhaps in the Rugby World Cup. We've seen it in previous Cricket World Cups, where some games you feel I don't don't, don't quite matter as much as, as others. I think we might well get some dead games as the as the tournament gets right into deep into its league stage. But, you know, it's it's intense, isn't it? And you, you look at the teams that are out there, going to be out there, and, it's, you know, it's not easy to call. I mean, I think it's quite easy, I think it's quite easy to see India as the clear favourites to win it, but who's going to make the semi-finals? Uh, I don't think that is quite as straightforward as it might seem. What, what do you think? Well, actually, if you look at the ODI rankings, uh, the, the official ICC ODI rankings, India are top, but by only one point from Pakistan, and Australia three points behind Pakistan, and then there's three teams uh, around about the same uh, number of points, South Africa, England, New Zealand. Only 13 points separate the top six teams in the ICC rankings. England are fifth in the rankings. I mean, what's often used as a sort of barometer of the likelihood of winning the tournament is 
where are you in those ICC rankings? And England, of course, were top in 2019. It's generally thought that the team that is in the top two in those ICC rankings is going to win the, the, the World Cup. Also, the home side has won the World Cup since 2011. So 2011, it was India. 2015, it was Australia. And 2019, of course, it was England. I'll tell you one interesting thing. This is the first time the 50-over World Cup has been played in only one country, funnily enough. If you think that it was England and Wales in 2019, it was Australia and New Zealand in 2015, and going further back, it's various Asian countries, etc. So this is the first time it's actually been played in one country. I, people will say, well, the 75 and 79 World Cups were played only in England, but they were 60 overs then. This is the first time that the 50 over World Cup has been played in one country, <laughs> India, though what a country, uh, 3,000 miles between some of the venues. Well, the, the the fact that we we probably won't see each other just you know demonstrates, doesn't it, that you know, how vast the country is and how much travelling uh, teams are going to have to do. I mean, it, for example, I mean, it took England what was it, thirty eight hours to get out to Guwahati for their warm up game against India and then Bangladesh. India match rained off, and then they 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 have got some action today against Bangladesh, and it, it means slightly unsatisfactory in a way, but it is a chance for everyone to go out there and, and play. That you know, England used nine bowlers uh, when when it was their turn to bat. They you know it was almost shot a ball. Moen Ali's made a nice half century for England. Joe Root's you know had some net practice. Some of the top order have you know got out there and whacked it. I think what's going to be fascinating to see is how teams approach fifty over cricket in this World Cup, having played so much T. 20 World Cup that's so much T20 cricket uh, you know, do, are they going to go too hard at it and find themselves you know falling short or are they going to you know sit in sit in and then really make the most of it wickets in hand you know score big in the last you know 10 15 overs you know as the as the matches go on on, on quite flat pitches how much are the spinners going to have an influence in, in you know in the middle of the matches one of the things i've noticed actually in just a couple of these warm up games and actually also in ODI cricket over the last, I suppose, couple of months, is the amount the ball has moved. Whereas you, you generally think of the white ball doing absolutely nothing, I've noticed the seamers have actually got it to swing and seam. Uh, you know, even today in the, in the match in Gauhati between England and Bangladesh, mm. all the seamers have been quite tricky. There's, mm. The ball has come onto the bat nicely and there's been bounce, but there has been movement. And that will just kind of bring the whole... Uh, it makes it more of a lottery in a way when you get a flat pitch uh, all over the place and the big booming bats and the aggressive batting styles. You think of the team that, that, that is probably the most outrageous, the most daredevil that's going to win. And England proved that in 2019. But actually now that there's a bit more for the seamers in the pitches and the pitches are very variable as well in India. And I mean, India have got nine, they're playing in all nine uh, different venues for their matches. England are playing all nine venues as well. So it does show that, uh, and we know from you know touring around India that you do you get sort of red soil on one side and black soil on another, and the, the you know the, the pitches do behave differently. So it's it's a much harder one to call. But I guess you know to answer your original question, India are favourites two to one with the bookies, and you can see why uh, their record in India has been immense. Uh, and since 2022, they've won 64% of their one-day internationals all over the world. And that, you know, compares very healthily with England's record four years ago. Yeah, definitely. Also, you know, there have been three World Cups that have been played 
in India, well, India and other associated countries, and India have made the semi-finals on all three occasions. They are the one uh, constant factor. Pakistan have done it twice. Australia have done it twice, and then some of the other countries. Oh, and Sri Lanka have done it twice as well. So, you know, we might consider that when we think about our likely uh, semi-finals. But for me... I mean, it, India have all the bases covered, or at least they have more bases covered than the than the rest of the teams. I think they're strong in spin. I think they're strong in pace bowling, and I think they're strong in batting. And you know, that's not a bad uh, combination to have. Okay, they did lose Acha Patel, but then who do they bring in? Ravi Chandran Ashwin, and they've got Jadeja, and they've got Kuldeep Yadav. You know, they've got people who can take wickets in their middle in the middle overs, and they've got you know seamers that can be effective. You know, with the new ball as well, and you know they've got. They've got high-class uh, batting, you know the likes yeah. of the likes of Shubman Gill. Obviously, you know who is. You know, I'm fascinated to see how Shubman Gill is going to go in this tournament. He's been in brilliant form. He's such an exciting one-day player. I said it at the time. I thought some of his batting in the IPL was was some of the best white ball batting I've ever seen, or the most you know the most scintillating white ball batting I've ever seen. You know, it was it was brilliant. And so he's a player uh, to look out for. The other thing about India, you know, you think about, I think last time when England played at home, I think the press, the pressure of being the favourites, of being at home, just got to them a little bit. And eventually they were able to sort that out, weren't they? They were, they came to terms with it. But I, I think with India, they're used to that expectation, aren't they? They, you know, they, they almost thrive on that, that pressure. It's, 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 we, we've seen it so often. They thrive on the crowd. The crowd lifts them, drives them on. The biggest problem for them might come in a in a in a, in a knockout match, perhaps a semi-final. That that where that's where I see them, you know, being most vulnerable. Uh, I I see, I think they'll they'll comfortably go through the league stage. They, okay, they might drop a game or two possibly, but I think they'll comfortably go come through the league stage. Uh, sometimes you know the being the host nation can bring its pressures. You think of Australia back in the nineties, nineteen ninety two, and they've failed spectacularly. But I don't know. I think India are good at coping with that pressure. Yeah, well, they're used to it, yeah. aren't they? I mean, from all their IPL experience and all the, the matches they've played at home. And they have got the, the number two batsman in the world in ODIs. You mentioned him, Shubman Gill. Uh, Baba Azam is actually world-ranked number one, uh, but uh, Shubman is number two. And they've got the world-ranked number one bowler in Mohamed Siraj, surprisingly, who's uh, higher rated than, in terms of points anyway, than Josh Hazelwood at number two, Mujib. Number three, Rashid Khan is is fourth ranked. So, you know, they're, they're certainly well-placed, India, with all their star batters and, and lots of depth as well and the ability to be able to call on Ravi Ashwin. Um, I mean, I just think because of the different conditions, you are going to have to mix and match. And also, the, the amount of travel as well is going to be really demanding. You know, the amount of different flights and it, it's... No, it's uh, it's hard work, isn't it, travelling around India? Just because of you know t- time to take traffic to an, an airport, sitting around in an airport. I suppose some of the time the teams will be on charter flights, so it may not be as bad for them as perhaps for some of the people travelling around the country like us, but uh, who've got to get on scheduled flights. But it still it does take it out of you. And I, I noticed today, for instance. Um, you know, Johnny Bairstow smacking it around, looking really good at the top of the order. But then after about three overs, he doubled up with some kind of back spasm or sort of back injury of some kind and had to have some stretching and a bit of physio. Well, that can be as much caused by 
sitting in a plane or sitting in an airport and not having your usual uh, warm-ups and your usual kind of activity on a daily basis as it can from uh, wrenching a, a muscle playing a big shot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and England's you know, build-up to the World Cup, I, I wouldn't say it's been ideal, uh, really. I mean, they've only been in the country a, f- a few days. One game rained off. Today's game, you know, they won it by four wickets, you know, reasonably comfortably, but you know, it wasn't a full game, but you know, a workout, and that you know, they've been to Gohati, which is in the northeast. Now they have to move, you know, halfway across the top of the country to to Ahmedabad. So it's another, you know, travel day for them, and that they're playing New Zealand on on Thursday. I mean, of course, New Zealand have got you know similar travel, and they've got to come up from the south where they've been playing against South Africa today. They had a, a, a you know a tight win. I don't think you could read too much into World Cup warm-up games because, you know, you can... I see New Zealand today, they, they sort of played their, all their batters batted, you know, right down, uh, right down to number 11. And England today, nine bowlers bowled. So, you know, it's, it's just a chance for a workout. So results, whatever performances, they're a, they're a useful guide. I suppose it's nice to be in some uh, sort of form. And actually, you know, you think about New Zealand... Uh, Kane Williamson has played in two of their warm-up games. He, he, he made 37 today and wasn't out. He, you know, he retired out. Uh, it said retired hurt on the scorecard, but I'm sure that meant retired out. And he, you know, he made runs the other day as well, but he's not going to play against England. I think one of the features of the leading up to the World Cup has been the number of you know key players who are not going to be there at the start of the tournament or not going to be there you know, at, at all. You think of someone like Travis Head uh, for Australia... Uh, they, they've had to make a, you know another change as well with Ashton Agar out, so they look a bit they just look a bit thin on spin to me. You know, for uh, New Zealand, you've got you know question marks over Williamson. Southie had that injury. No Nokia for South Africa. Achy Patel for India. Nasim Shah uh, for Pakistan. I suppose if you go back a long way, no Jofra Archer for England or no Jason Roy for England as well. So you know there there and and for Sri Lanka no Hasaranga who I think is a good good cricketer and no Chimera as well and they've got injury concerns over Teek Shan who's coming into the competition with a with a hamstring injury I thought Sri Lanka might go quite well in the in the competition as I said they've done they've made two semi-finals in India uh, before but, but I don't know perhaps a few injuries for them but they're, they're a team uh, worth looking out for but in you know inevitably you know, who can stay fit. Yeah. Mm. Who who and, who is and, fit and who's going to stay fit is going to be. And by the way, it's not only uh, the, the physicality of playing, but actually the temperatures as well. I, mean, I, I had a call today with one of the TV production crew that I'm hooking up with when I get out to India, and uh, he's in Rajkot, uh, which is four hours from Ahmedabad mm. by car. And he said it's 37 degrees today mm. in Rajkot. Uh, I've just been looking at the uh, conditions for Ahmedabad for the rest of this week. And it's going to be peaking at 34, 35 degrees in Ahmedabad. And obviously it'll get cooler uh, as the sort of uh, the, the evening wears on. But it's demanding uh, playing at, at that temperature, and, and especially if it's humid. And it refers back, actually, to the uh, podcast I did last week when I was in Corfu. And I talked to Peter Frankopan, the professor of global history at Oxford University, who's an absolute expert in in things like climate change. And who has said, and you you should listen back to this podcast, actually, because he talks about cricket being threatened more than any other sport by climate change and what are the appropriate temperatures and humidity levels for players to be playing with. I think it's going to be tested in this tournament. You get down to Chennai where it might well be 
33, 34 degrees and 90% humidity. Somewhere like Delhi could get to very high 30s. In, in uh, It's a bit of a drier climate, but also they've got the pollution issue there. So actually, you know, the heat and the dust of India traditionally are going to test the teams, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. So it's a test, a test of skill and it's also going to be a, a test of stamina as well. I mean, the England-Bangladesh game today, I mean, you saw the England players with with like, sort of like these big sort of ice um, sort of rings around their head. I saw Sam Curran uh, with one. Reese Topley had one of those sort of foreign legion type hats on where that, you know, were protecting his neck. You know, it was it was it was really warm it, it, it i saw the temperature then and you also look at the feels like temperature and it looked like 100 degrees you know with high humidity uh, today and that there was some rain it might just cooled off a bit but yeah the that physical and, and nature of it as well is, is going to be is, is really going to test the players and i mean one thing that you know we can you can say is that a lot of players who are going to be playing this world cup are, are used now far more used to playing in Indian conditions because of the IPL. So there's a lot of IPL experience. Here's a question for you then, Yoz. So how important is this game for England on, on Thursday? England against New Zealand. If you win, you know, you, it's great. You get a couple of points. If you lose, you know, you get eight other chances. But how, how important is a game, this game against a New Zealand in the, the context of the tournament? Remember, the top four have qualified of 10. So six go out, four go on yeah I, I mean obviously it's important to start well uh, if you think back to England's start in the 2019 World Cup against South Africa brilliant game oval uh, England played almost a faultless match and I think that you know that gave them confidence that they could sustain their expectation of being the best team and potentially the winning team if you start badly you start to doubt yourself also starting well with the right formula you know, the opening pair, the batting order, bowling choices is going to give you more confidence to follow through with that. Whereas if, you know, a couple of batters fail or the openers fail and the, the middle order, you know, sort of stumbles and a couple of the bowlers don't perform well and you lose the game, you start to doubt whether that is the right combination of players. Uh, I guess England, you know, will start not with the, the team that just played against Bangladesh today, but with uh, Ben Stokes at number four instead of Harry Brook. And uh, obviously Milan and, and Bairstow to open. Milan failed today, but Bairstow looked pretty good. Um, Root, you know, he's, he's averaged nine in his uh, four internationals this summer against New Zealand uh, with a strike rate of 60. Uh, so he's had a shocker with, with the bat against New Zealand in those uh, later late summer matches. So it was reassuring to see him getting a bit of rhythm into his batting uh, today against Bangladesh. It was a very careful innings, wasn't it? Yeah, yesterday? it was a careful in, innings. In contrast to everyone else, 26 from 40 balls, strike rate of, mm. of 65. But you know, that that sort of strike rate from Joe Root, or you probably want to be a bit higher than that, you you know, he may be the sort of, if you like, the glue in 50-over cricket that England will need, I don't know, in, in, in Indian conditions. Yeah, 50-overs, it's a long time. We're really conscious of that, I think, uh, when we were doing the New Zealand matches. You know, you... You're into the 32nd over. Still 18 overs to go. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of resource out there for you to you know, take advantage of with the bat if you can. Yeah, no, definitely. So, start, you know, starting well is important. And also, just to, to add to your point, you've got nine games. And I looked at the the group's points table at the end of the 2019 World Cup, and two teams, India and Australia, won seven. Uh, England won six, and New Zealand won only five. 
So they managed to get into the semi-finals, New Zealand, having won only five games. Uh, so it shows that you can do it. You can lose games. You can lose, say, three. But you don't want to be losing any more of those. And New Zealand, having lost to England uh, in most of those matches in September, England would be favourites to win that first match. So they want to capitalise on that momentum that they've got, uh, I think, important to, for them to start well. Yeah, I mean, that last time round, New Zealand did win five and lose three. One was rained off, so they got one point. Are we going to get any rain in India? Well, there's been some rain in the warm-up matches, but I mean, we're moving probably into a drier uh, you know, period now, aren't we, in, in, in theory? You know, fingers yeah, crossed. I mean, in theory, I mean, again, my spies in India have been saying that their weather's been as unpredictable as yeah, ours. Yeah. And they don't know. It's sort of the end of the monsoon season in the south, but they haven't had any rain in Bangalore, for instance. They've expected rain and they haven't had anything. Mm. So they don't know when it's coming. Um, Gauhati's had two days of rain recently, but there's no, there's no World Cup matches there. Places up north should be dry. Mumbai, Delhi, Dharamshala, the forecast looks good. I think most of the country, Hyderabad is generally a pretty dry place. So most of the country should be all right. But maybe down south, it's just a bit unpredictable. Mm. I suppose the point is I'm trying to work out how many games you can afford to lose and still qualify. It's probably three, isn't it? You can probably lose three and still qualify, obviously, depending on whether... You know, you do get knocked out by rain, and you know if you get knocked out in a crew, you know, match against, say, if you, say if your match against Netherlands was knocked out by rain, you know that would be, you know, quite damaging uh, potentially as well. And New Zealand and and Pakistan went head to head on net run rate last time. Uh, that that was the tiebreaker. And you think of you know the rain in Bristol, actually, they knocked out uh, one of Pakistan's games. You know, and that that was you know deeply uh, frustrating for them. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So I'm off to Durham, Charlotte to start with. Uh, as you mentioned at the start, first uh, the, the first match there is Afghanistan-Bangladesh and then it's England-Bangladesh in the same venue. I'm looking forward to it, actually. It's somewhere different, isn't it? We, we've both been there before, mm. up in the foothills of the Himalayas, quite a gra- grassy sort of pitch, an interesting place. Feels like you're halfway to Tibet. Uh, the Dalai Lama might well make an appearance and sit in his throne. Um, it, it, it's got a slightly different sort of feel to a lot of the other Indian grounds with those sort of slightly um, temple-like domes over the top of the pavilion and 
the, the bright red colour as well. Uh, it, it's, it's rather beautiful, actually, with the world's tallest sight screens, uh, i.e. the Himalayas at the back, although they won't be much good for white ball cricket if there's any snow on them. Hopefully there won't be. I mean, it's, one of the, it's probably the most scenic international ground in the world, isn't it? I mean, Palakelli's a lovely ground in Sri Lanka, but Durham Charlotte, absolutely stunning. You, know, I mean, you cannot fail to you, you take a good photograph up there and it, it, with the backdrop of the mountains. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's an unusual place, actually, isn't it, to, to hold a, a World Cup match. There has been some international cricket there. There's been some IPL games, but they've been uh, sporadic. But, it, you know, it really does become... It was centre scene for a, a while. My my first uh, game is, well, it's a pretty big one, I would say. It's India against Australia in, in Chennai. Uh, you know, the Australians, without that you know, without great deal of spin in their lineup. they've got Zampa, of course, up against India with Judeja, Ashwin, Kuldeep Yadav as their uh, potential spinners in Chennai, which is normally quite a good ground uh, for, for bowling spin. So, that, you know, that's, you'd feel that's quite a good venue for India to start off. You know, with a match against Australia, isn't it? Uh, they they've just played them in a in a warm up series, if you like, a proper one day international series. And India, you know, tonked them a couple of times. They won you know, heavily twice uh, on the chase once, and then batting first once. But it's always a great occasion uh, when India come up against Australia. I've seen them play in a World Cup. I saw them play in Ahmedabad. You know, they're probably one of the noisiest crowds I can ever remember. 2011 quarter final when India got home against Australia on their eventual march through to the final, then beating Pakistan and then ultimately beating Sri Lanka. But it felt that game, you know, taking out Australia, the past winners, several times past winners, was such a, a crucial step for India. And yeah, I mean, India, whoever wins that, it's going to be a massive lift, I would say, uh, to their confidence. So do, do you see Australia as likely semi-finalists, certain semi-finalists, Potential semi-finalists? Yeah, I, How do you see I, I think they are potential semi-finalists. I, I quite like their opening combination now. Mitchell Marsh and David Warner, who seems to have really had a resurgence. And, and they've got a, so, so many sort of power hitters. Obviously, they've got the, the Smith-Labashain partnership in the middle order. Labashain coming into the team uh, at the last minute and playing a couple of pretty important innings, actually, in that series in South Africa. And, uh, I, you know, they're always going to be competitive, aren't they, with those three bowlers, Mitchell Stark, Josh yeah. Hazelwood and, and Pat Cummins. Uh, they, they don't travel that well as a team. If you look at their o ODI stats generally, uh, they're not great away from home. Uh, they lost four of the last five games that they played recently, both in, in South Africa and also in India. So... You know, they haven't actually got a particularly good record generally, but they're so competitive. I do think that the lack of a, a sort of recognised second spinner, Glenn Maxwell actually has a, an, a handy role as a second spinner. But Well, he's going to be their second spinner. He's going to be he? their think, second spinner. Yeah, but, I, yeah. I, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't like to rely on him to bowl 10 overs every game because uh, he can go around the park. And, you know, they, you, you do want that sort of extra spin option, which, which they haven't really got. So... They're not going to be. They're not my favourites to win, but I think they're, they're they're going to be hard to beat. Definitely. What about Pakistan? You know, they have made the, the semi-finals in subcontinent World Cups twice in 2011 and back in 1987. They they got to the semi-final actually in their own country, wasn't it? Them they played a home semi-final in 1987. India played a home semi-final, and both teams lost. Pakistan to Australia. 
and India to England. That's a, lo- a long way back into the 1980s. So what what about Pakistan? I mean, they are they're up there in the rankings, aren't they? They've been pretty c- consistent. Uh, they've got uh, Sharab as one of their spinners, uh, Mohammad Nawaz, Osama mm-hmm. Mir, who's a pretty inexperienced uh, leg break bowler. Do they have the belief? Do you think? Do they have the firepower to to make the semi-finals? I, I mean, I think they're too heavily reliant on Baba Azam and um, Mohammad Rizwan as with the bat, really. They don't tend to make very uh, attacking opening stands. They're, they tend to start quite steadily and, and rely heavily on that uh, number three and number four, Babra Zam and Mohammed Rizwan. And I think that the, their lack of experienced spin uh, is also... Uh, Imad Wazim was a, a player that I really liked, a uh, left-arm spinner, and he, they don't pick him for some reason. I think there's, a, there's some political element to that. Because I think he's a really talented cricketer, and he was born in Cardiff, wasn't he? He was born in Wales, actually, but he's a very handy cricketer, and they don't pick him generally. And so, a lot of reliance on uh, reliance on Shadab Khan as their main spinner, and yeah, I just think that also lacking Nazim Shah, the fast bowler, mm. as well. Uh, they've obviously got Harris Ralph, and they've got Shane Shahafridi, who are an excellent pair of fast bowlers who bowl quick. And Harris Ralph is pretty good at the death, but. I feel that, that that bowling can be a bit exposed, can be a bit vulnerable. And they have got Iftikhar Ahmed as a powerhouse at number six and seven, who I think he scored more runs at a very high strike rate than most others in those last 10 overs around the world. But I just feel it doesn't sort of flow as a team quite. So they're seven to one for, to win the tournament. That That's... Uh, well, you get pretty good odds, wouldn't you? Um, you know, that's it may, it may be worth a gamble, but I think you probably lose your money. So, what are we talking about in terms of semi-finalists? Then, I- India, we think, uh, for me, are nailed on semi-finals. I just cannot see them failing to make the semi-finals. You, Australia semi-finalists, yeah, yeah. yeah. What England? Do you think England? Yeah, and I think New Zealand as the fourth semi-finalist. I really like New Zealand as a team. I just think, I mean, you know, Trent Bolt. Always gets wickets in the first over with with the new ball. And Devon Conway, what a player he is. He just makes scoring runs look effortless at the top of the order. And they've got people like Daryl Mitchell, who's really kind of soaring to new heights all the time. And so many handy experiences. Mitchell Santner, I think Mitchell Santner is an excellent left-arm spinner who has clever changes of pace and can uh, attack the ball at the end. Ish Sodi, the leggy, a bit hit and miss, but he is handy as well. Um, obviously, Kane Williamson, you know, they've got so much experience in the middle order as well. Uh, I, I, Jimmy Neesham, a, a sort of impact player. You know, they, uh, Lockie Ferguson, bowls rapid, you know, bowls rockets. I mean, they've got so many options, New Zealand. Brilliant fielding side. They keep being there and thereabouts. Could it be their mm. turn? Could it be their time this time? It's going to be tough because winning in India is, is a challenge for everybody. But... I don't know. I, I just fancy New Zealand as outsiders. Okay, so your so your four for the semi final are India, England, Australia, and New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Am I right? Yeah. And what about yours? Yeah. Well, in, India definitely. I think the, the, so. The the wise money says England, Australia, Pakistan. I think those are the those are the four that you think. And you look at the odds. Actually, they are the top four uh, in the betting as well. And that you know that's quite statistics based. 
Uh, and then the other, then you look at the other three. But I, 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 I got a feeling that I just got a feeling that won't be the top four. I, I, I have a, hun- a hunch it won't, and therefore we've got to look elsewhere. And you, you're right, New Zealand are one of those teams that you you can't write off. Everyone always does, of course, but they, for some, you know, they they are able to get themselves together and and provide a challenge. And then the other two who I can see featuring definitely are Sri Lanka. Uh, you know they're a, they're a fascinating team. They get the right pitches, the right combinations. Fair wind. I can see them uh, causing some problems. So they are one team. And then what about South Africa? <laughs> I, uh, I wonder you know, when you're uh, going to come to them. Yeah. Well, they well they are one of those teams who you know they they always feel in, in world terms they underperform, don't they? But they have got some talent uh, in in that lineup. Okay, no Nokia. I think that is a, a blow uh, for them. They do have two decent spinners, though I think in in Shamsi and Maharaj, and I think you're going to need that in the next you know six weeks. Are they good enough to get in the top four? I think I think they could. Yeah, I, I, they, they are a possibility. They have got some very good cricketers. The you know the likes of Quinton de Kock, who, who made some runs today, Heinrich Klassen, David Miller. Uh, but I think what they've got to have, I think they've got to have a couple of batters that have real, really standout tournaments, you know, really, really hit the heights. Mm. So they, they're perhaps more, I don't know, individual player reliant than some of the other teams. Yeah, I, I don't but, trust their batting. I, I, no, I know what no, you're saying well, about Quinton de Kock and Clarsen and, uh, you know, Aidan Markham and people like that, but they're not consistent. They have brilliant matches and then, but they don't sort of gel together. And, I, I was a big fan of Hashim Amla because I felt he was their Joe Root. He sort of held the, he was the glue that held that uh, batting order together. Obviously, they've got, you know, fantastic strikers of all like David Miller coming in at six. But I just don't think they, they don't quite gel as a batting order. And I, so that's what I, you know, excellent bowlers, obviously lots of pace, Rabada and Marco Janssen's a good bowler, left arm over. They've got good combinations, but, I just I don't know it just won't hold together somehow for me South Africa. Yeah, I, mean, I can I can see I can see how you can make a case for that. So, but we can we write off three teams completely? No chance of Bangladesh, Afghanistan, and the Netherlands for a semi-final place. Well, Bangladesh, you know they're they're always good to watch. They're entertaining mm. and actually quite interesting today playing against England. You think of them as a basically a spin-orientated bowling yeah. attack. They never bowl a spinner till about the twentieth over. It was yeah. all seamers, and they were good seamers as well. Mm. They had pace, they had bounce, they had life. You know, they were aggressive, and I, I was impressed with them. They haven't got the experience really, though, to to handle the pressure and the aggressive batting that you're going to get in the World Cup. And and their batting again is hit and miss as well. There's a few sort of experienced players in the middle order who I think in in the case of someone like Mamadullah must be a little bit uh, old in the tooth now. Um, they they haven't picked Tammy Mickball, have they? Who was a sort of fire starter no. for them for years. Uh, Litton Das, good player, mm. but again, I just don't feel they've got quite enough quality. Uh, the bowling is 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 decent, but not experienced, and the batting's a bit fallible. Afghanistan have got Majib and they've got Rashid Khan and they've got Nabi. They've got some spin options. I mean, they'll excite us, entertain us. They might tweak you know, a big t- team's nose or two, actually, along the way. But they they don't look to have that all-round quality to make the semi-finals. And I think I'd, I'd be amazed, I'll say it now, I'd be amazed if the Netherlands win one match. I think that's going to be uh, really tough for them. They've done incredibly well to, to qualify. Uh, if, they, you know, if they do win a match, that'll be a fantastic achievement. 
uh, from them. They win two, you know, in- incredible really uh, to, to win a couple of matches. What we haven't really talked about uh, yours in much detail, and perhaps we should end with this, is just have a look at England. I mean, you you had them as definite semi-finalists. I, I don't. I don't have them as definite semi-finalists. I think they've got a good chance of making the semi-final. But I've, I I like their batting. They've got lots of good options uh, with the bat. And they've also got bowlers who can bat as well. I just, I'm just slightly concerned about their bowling. That, that's, that would be my one question mark. Uh, will they lose? You know, will they win six out of nine games? You, you'd think so. But you could, you, know, you could see them losing to New Zealand on the day. You could see them losing to South Africa on the day. With a fair wind, you, know, you, you might see Bangladesh beat them. I mean, that, and that's happened uh, before. And then that's, you know, then that's before they get to Pakistan, India, mm. Australia. And they play mm. three of those in their last four matches. So uh, that, 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 I mean, that's the case for England. Yeah, you feel they should be good enough uh, to win six matches. There's a lot of quality uh, in that side, but you could also, you can also, I think, because of their bowling, you can also see it going a bit wrong for them. Well, your reservations are, are, are absolutely right, and that's why I think they need to start well. They need to start with a win against New Zealand on Thursday. I mean, your reservations are absolutely backed up by stats because in the period after the 2015 World Cup between 2015 and 2019. They played 88 one-day games and they won 66% of those games. So, you know, really excellent record and that got them to number one in the world. Now, in the 2019 to 2023 period, uh, since the 2019 victory, they've played only 43 games, so half the number of games they played between 2015 and 2019 and they've only won 52% compared to 66%. So, you know, they have definitely declined as a team. They're fifth now in the... ICC rankings they probably should be a bit higher than that but nevertheless you know those sort of stats don't lie so England haven't got the formula quite as well as they did have they'll miss Morgan both for his his explosive batting and also his composed captaincy as well they'll miss Joffre Archer for that extra bit of of pace and nous and skill, especially at the death. I, I thought that uh, Wood and Topley shaped well today. I, I thought Wood found some movement and obviously pace, and I thought Topley swung the ball and got bounce. So I think those two bowlers will be key. Uh, Wokes looked a little bit off colour and doesn't sort of necessarily travel all that well. Uh, so, you know, they need to find a third seamer that they can really rely on. And then it's just a question of how Rashid goes. I mean, today, Adil Rashid looked good. Uh, I think that some teams are going to take him down. Uh, It's a question of whether he holds his nerve and gets those wickets, those middle-order wickets that he's uh, famous for, uh, or middle-overs wickets, rather, and and middle-order. And, and of course, the other person I think they'll miss is someone who's, who's almost been forgotten, Liam Plunkett, who just nobly bowled those thankless middle overs he was the donkey but he really stepped up and became a thoroughbred uh, by bowling consistently sort of back of a length cross seamers into the pitch got lots of wickets took key wickets throughout those four years and actually batted effectively as well in a couple of games too hit some good blows he was just a someone who you could throw the ball to in any situation and he didn't care if he went for runs, if he could take wickets. That's where England are going to be found out. Probably Wood will have that role in the middle overs to try and take wickets when nothing much is happening. 
so you know their formula with the ball isn't quite as secure as it was four years ago. So you know as a result, they aren't as confident and as strong and as potent as they were. But I still think they've got enough with the bat to be able to win, you know, six games. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, remember last time round, they only just made the semi-finals. Just, I mean, it was it was tight, wasn't it? I mean, they were under real pressure towards the end there, and they only just won the tournament. But win it, they did. Qualify, they did. Win it, they did. So um, ultimately, in sport, the ifs don't really make much difference, do they? It's the the actual facts that that mattered. But it's going to be a, f- a fascinating tournament, and you know what? We can t- sit and talk here now about what we think is going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen. No one knows what's going to happen. And probably about halfway through, it'll all go. Oh yes, it was so obvious. Why didn't we see this? Why didn't we see that? You know, teams emerging, other teams dropping off. You know, not being quite uh, strong enough uh, to compete. And yeah, also as well that that physical challenge as well you know who are going to pick up key injuries along the way and that you know that will be a, a factor in the next yeah before we get to the final on the what is it the 19th of November so what's yeah six seven weeks along the way so I'm, I'm proud to say if, if I haven't already said this and, and bored you with this that that the uh, documentary of the final is still available uh, on iPlayer BBC iPlayer and on Sky Documentaries actually the greatest game you can find it if you go to documentaries or type in The Greatest Game or Cricket's Greatest Game. You'll find it on the iPlayer. It's a great uh, record of that amazing day and the four years that led up to that day when England won the World Cup in 2019. And they are still the holders uh, four years later. And they hold the T20 World Cup as well. So it's a, it's been an amazing five years, really, of, of England one-day performances, can they sustain it? Well, it'll be fascinating to see. So, Yoz, we, we've done our semi-finalists. You, what you haven't done is given your win, winners. I'm going to go for India. Who yeah, are you going to go for? Yeah, India as well. I, I, it, it, those sort of figures of teams winning at home the last three times, plus their strength, plus the the, the, the sort of public uh, momentum that, the, that they'll be backed by, you know the will to 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 deliver to the public. I think will just make them uh, unassailable in the end. And mm. there's just no there's, there doesn't seem to be any standout team that's going to compete with them enough to to jeopardise their their favourite yeah. status. Yeah, that's my feeling as well. Dream final: England, India, India, Pakistan, yeah. England, no, Australia. I think, England, I think I think England, India. Actually, I think England, India would be a dream final because England have got some of the finest one-day players that have ever lived. I mean, certainly Joss Butler must be one of the greatest one-day batsmen there's ever been. Um, I love to see him and his his part, his colleagues in the final in Ahmedabad. What an occasion that would be! Uh, but look, you know, if England get to the final, I think they would have probably done better than we expect. Actually, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. Um, some people might say a dream final might be Afghanistan. You know, against Australia or Afghanistan against South Africa, uh, it, it, it's all ahead of us. We're, we're, we're looking forward to it immensely. We'll bring you a podcast uh, on Friday. We're both travelling on Thursday. We'll have a chance to watch the the England game, most of it. In, in, in my case, all of it. In, in your case, we'll speak to you on Friday with a roundup of uh, the first couple of matches in the World Cup. We'll bring you podcasts regularly throughout the tournament. And, and just one final thought, uh, just diving away from the World Cup for a minute. I was at Hampshire on Friday to see Surrey crowned county champions. They'd already won the championship the day before, but 
Uh, they were actually officially crowned on the final day of that match against Hampshire at the Aegeus Bowl. And it just reminded me, actually, with the, the celebrations and about 15 support staff added to their 12-team uh, squad picture, it just reminded me of the number of times that we as a Middlesex team won the county championship away from home. And it was such a weird feeling because there was Surrey celebrating their fantastic county championship title with basically no one in the ground. There was only half an hour's play that morning to finish the match off, which they actually lost to Hampshire. And there was a sprinkling of Hampshire fans, but hardly any Surrey fans, understandably. So there they were celebrating in front of practically nobody who cared uh, getting the trophy. And th th that happened to me four times for, for Middlesex. Um, every time we won the championship in the 80s and early 90s, we were away from home. It was weird. The first time at Cardiff, and the second time at Worcester, the third time at Edgbaston, and the fourth time at Hove. And it, it sort of just leaves you with a, a slightly um, anticlimactic sort of feeling that you've worked so hard to to win the title, those 14 games, and you've held your nerve through so many tight games. And then there's, there's no one there to sort of share the celebrations. Um, it's funny how the cricket, the county season sort of starts and ends with a with a bit of a whimper, really. Um, so sad. And, I, I, you know, to finish on a, on a slightly also sad note, Middlesex getting relegated. I was gripped by the final day of their match with Nottinghamshire, and uh, the way that match seesawed and Middlesex set knots 207 to win and they looked like they were absolutely going to waltz it. And then suddenly they faltered to the spin of Sam Robson, who took four wickets. And suddenly it was Jake Ball striding out for his last match for, for Nottinghamshire, having to hit the winning runs. Um, and, and they managed to get home by two wickets, Nottinghamshire, and relegated Middlesex to second division status. And Kent just survived. So it, actually it was a gripping last day of the county championship, but watched by very few people. I suppose which made that Middlesex win against uh, Yorkshire a few seasons back when they won it at Lords on that glorious September day and Pip Somerset uh, for the title extra special, wasn't it? Because Lords, it wasn't full, but there was a big crowd in uh, that day and Toby Rowland-Jones took his hat-trick and yeah, it was a, it was a memorable day. You're right, there aren't that many of those sorts of days, are there, in, in championship cricket? You, it does end... The season starts with a bit of a whimper and ends... Uh, with a bit of a whimper. I tell you, in Ahmedabad on the 19th of November, it won't be quiet. It's certainly not if India there. And uh, certainly not if it's an India-Pakistan uh, final. So safe travels, uh, Yoz. I'll speak to you and we'll speak, we'll speak to you in general uh, at the end of the week. Yes, we will. And this episode was brought to you in association with IG Trading and Investments. And by the way, if you're thinking about investing in stocks and shares with IG, please remember your capital is at risk. The value of investments can go up or down and you could get back less than you invest. And IG will be sponsoring us all the way through our World Cup podcasts. So we'll speak to you on Friday. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. 
sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.